Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, my name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Fired up after that game Let's last go. night. Fired up. Let's go. Yeah, I'm fired up. You're fired up. Yeah, we're all fired up. Point to your fingers, Clay Thompson. Point to them all you want. Mm, yeah. By the way, the exit's over there. Go ahead. Yeah. Show yourself out the door. Look at the scoreboard now, huh? <laughs> you know how, 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 how often? Bum. <laughs> I get, fair question. Like, how often can you go to the well with the four rings? Like, is there a, is there a, like, like, an expiration there, there, there date There should be a it? statute of limitations on that, right? Is there, there an amount? Be... Like, you could do it, like, like twice a year. Right. Three times. To- like, how many times can you go to the, I got four rings and you don't, you know, category. You, you walk into a coffee shop and they don't give you a free cappuccino. Hey, mm. I got four rings. All right, give me a cappuccino. Mm. I got four rings. Right? right. I mean, how often do you play that card? Yeah. You know? I mean, Shaq still plays it with Barkley all the time. Uh, sure does. <laughs> you don't know anything because you never won a championship. <laughs> I did. You know what? And honestly, every time he says that crap, I just want to reach through my TV and smack Shaq upside the head. It's like it's like it bugs Chuck, and it bugs me, too. You know, like he, yeah. every time he says this, it's like, Shaq, come on, shut up. Yeah, I guess there is we, no limit. Shaq's still using it all these years later. Yeah. I got a ring you don't. I got, yep, I you got rings. You don't know you what don't you're know. talking about because you know. I do. I won rings you didn't. You never won a championship. That's the best Shaq impersonation I got. It's probably not very good. <laughs> no, like, I thought that was pretty good. Is actually. that all right? You think it's okay? I thought okay? Mitch might have played a right? drop or something. Yeah, no, it's just me. It's just me talking right now. Lowest voice I possibly can't, Chuck. You don't know what you're talking about, big fella. I got four rings you don't. Mm. So shut up. That's that's all I got. That, you no, want honestly, whip? I'll give you a whip. Like <laughs> There's no. got to be a time when you can be like, all right, done. Yeah, you can't keep going to that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? They just won it last year, so I get that, too. Obviously, sons are on the brain. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Two seconds, one second, it's over. Sons win. The Suns win it with an impressive victory over the defending NBA champions by the score of 134 to 105. <laughs> One thing I noticed when I was walking out the door, yeah, man, Monty left these starters out there a long time. Oh, that I think, yeah, he, was, he, was he rubbing it in a little bit? <laughs> he pulled his starters with a minute and a half left after Chris Paul hit another three. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we won. He left those guys out yeah. there a beat or two too long, it felt like, but like whatever. You knock a guy out and you just stand over him. <laughs> for like five seconds to admire the knockout. It was very obvious. It yeah, was very, that's what they were doing. Very obvious in they the moment. Admiring the knockout. What a game. I mean, what a game. Fourth game of the season. It seemed like a game seven of an NBA playoff game. The intensity was incredible. I mean, it really was. It was uh, the, both teams wanted to win so badly. Seven technical fouls in the third quarter. Yeah. The most in a quarter since the 1996-97 season. Crazy. Uh, it was just, yeah. You could tell both teams really wanted it. The Warriors just wanted the Warriors wanted to just establish, hey, we're the defending champs. We're better than you. We're gonna let you know. And the Suns like, we ain't afraid of you. You're not so bad. 
You're not so bad. Not so bad. You're not so You're bad. Not so bad. <laughs> and they just kept punching him. I thought, what a what a great game. And now the Suns all of a sudden beaten Dallas, and they've beaten hey. the Clippers, and they've beaten the Warriors. And what a tremendous game! It, it was. It was. It was like partially a statement to the Golden State Warriors, and I think it was partially a statement to the rest of the totally, NBA. Totally, totally agree with you. Like, like totally okay, agree. Y- y'all think we're done? All right, y'all think we're? Yeah. You think we've peaked? Yeah, done right? this. You know, I got, I got your peak right here. Right? Yeah. You, you, you think this is it? You think that 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 the Aiton thing or the Sarver thing or the Jay thing or the Banks thing or the like our vibe? Or that thing? Yeah, yeah. How about you take this exactly. vibe and you? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. How do you like this vibe? Yeah. How about that one? vibe right there? You know, huh. and Devin Booker scoring thirty a night. You know, the vibe in the building. You like that vibe? Yeah. Take that vibe. It, it was NBA. It was extremely intense, and of course, it obviously culminated with what happened here. Now, now we got some whistles. Players going back at one another here. Everybody's out on the floor right now, and the officials are having a tough time trying to keep things in, under control. And now. Clay Thompson, you're right. He should have been thrown out, and he has oh, been thrown out. Thrown. He has been thrown out. Clay Thompson has been ejected. And he and Booker were jawing at each other all night, and Devin Booker was playing circles around Clay Thompson last night. Now, Clay Thompson's got the four rings, as you pointed out, and he's, he's apparently going to continue to tell the whole world he's got four rings for as yeah. long as he sees fit. But Devin Booker absolutely had Clay Thompson's number last night. Devin Booker played circles around him, and Booker was clearly, clearly under Clay Thompson's skin last yeah, night. Yeah, Clay Thompson played a terrible game, and Booker played a fantastic game. I mean, Book was, Book was great. So he gets his first career ejection after 759 games, regular season and playoffs. Book got under his skin. You know, they, they, they were, yeah, you kind of had the feeling like, like it was, like a, a fight was going to break Something out. Something was building. Yeah. Man, a it was like, okay, listen, it wasn't like, you know, they yapped, they got at it, and then they moved. No, they were yapping and yapping and joining and joining. And all of a sudden, they kind of met and they bumped each other. And then they kind of, it didn't escalate from there. But then Mikhail comes in and they, I mean, he kind of gives him a shove. And then he's going to the bench and the referee with the whistle in his mouth just tees him up. You're out of here. Yeah. And then when, Clay's leaving, he couldn't even just walk straight. He kind of had to take a step back and go towards the Suns bench. And you could just tell that uh, that the, the, the level of intensity in that game was, was really, really high. It, you, you, really said high. It, you said it in your email earlier, and you said it on the air just a second ago. It had a game seven like feel. Now, of course, we're not we're not dumb. We're not newbies. We understand it's not even Halloween yet, right? We haven't even flipped the calendar into November. So to suggest that this game somehow was gonna mean a hill of beans at the end of the season, I mean of course it's not, but it's it's it mattered to the Suns. It very much mattered to the Suns. And it mattered to the Warriors too. They were yeah. they were, you know, Draymond Green was doing the green thing and Clay Thompson gets ejected for the first time in seven hundred and fifty nine games and he pushed Landale right into um who was it going up for a basket it was Cam. Cam. He pushed Landale right, right into, into Cam. It, it, right into it. Draymond Green is so. I, I mean, oh, I, get I know. It. You just hate him. He's, he's easy he's to hate. Tough. He's he is. Like yeah. like we were talking about baseball. Alec Bregman is just so easy to hate. Yep. Draymond Green is so easy to hate. And he's probably, if I were a Golden State fan, I'd probably love him. Love him. I'd be so happy that dude's on my team because he's just so. It's like we were talking yesterday about you know Grayson Allen coming to the Suns, which we don't think he's going to, but his name was brought up as a as a trade ship for Jay Crowder. Maybe. Man, I hate Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's on my team. I love Grayson. Danny Ainge, right? Yeah, total Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, and he gets to your team 
like, I'll take him. I'll take that guy. I'll take um, that guy my team. Devin Booker after the game was all respect oh, to Clay Thompson, right? He played yeah. it so well. So, man, I love Clay Thompson. And I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft coming out, I said I want to be Clay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his and his competitive nature. Um, and that's that. Just, I'd love to know what he was saying to him. Book? Oh, I would love to know. Imagine if Book was mic'd up for that game. <laughs> Dude, you just missed another shot. Have you have you hit one today? Like, uh, it, it was it, the level of the game, the intensity, the technical fouls. I mean, Draymond got a technical foul because uh, of something that was going on with DA. He didn't get a quad. And Kerr got a technical foul. And Chris Paul got a technical foul. It was almost like, a, like you know, handed out cars on Oprah. Like, everybody gets a technical you foul one, in this you game. You get one, you get one. But I do think that, I, I do think, I, see, I'm a big believer in, you know, in, in teams and individual athletes building confidence and letting that carry you. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. So I know you say, okay, it's a, oh, it's the fourth game of the season. What does it mean now? You know, it's, it's, it's momentum. It's, it's confidence. It's, we look, we, you know, there were doubts about this team. They yeah. did, they don't have Jay Crowder. They lost JaVel McGee. They brought in a bunch of new guys and Lee and Landale and a Koji and, and Dario's not playing. Like there's a, there was some, some question marks, like you had to think about it in the back of your mind. They believe in themselves. A lot of the core players are still here. Most of the core players are still here outside of Jay and McGee. But, you know, you want to go out and prove yourself in a game like that. No because doubt. I do think the confidence, no, now we, we can beat them. They're not that, and it's just, they're not so good. They're, they're not that great. We, we, and I think that that can build over the course of a season. Look, it's obvious the Suns are playing with kind of a screw you intensity right now. I mean, it's, it's very clear watching these games. They, they know what was said about them. They know what was to be believed about them. They know that virtually nobody is picking them for anything significant. Now, is Golden State easing their way into the season? Yes. Are the Clippers easing their way into the season without question. Miss the next two games for knee injury. Uh, right. I mean, it's, it's, sure it's very obvious. Some of these elite teams are really taking it nice and easy, and the Suns have chosen a different path. And for now, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, Devin Booker, first four games, 32 and a half points per game, six assists per game. He's shooting 53% from the floor, 48% from three, 88% from the line. They're a plus 63 when he's on the floor. He might so be the far. best player in the league. Might be. No, like, you know, he might be. He might be right now the best player in the NBA. Now, it's hard to say that because we, you know, we, uh, because there's so many great players, you know, Embiid and Jokic and Giannis. And like, I get it. I I get it. Like, I'm, he might be the best player in the NBA. He is scoring at all three levels at an incredible clip, getting to the free throw line. And I don't know if anybody's noticed, man, he made another great defensive play last night. I did see that. Yes. Like, he can thought of you when he did it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to listen to, I'm going to make some plays. I'm going to, I'm going to steal some bad, some balls and go in for a basket. And like, I, I understand how hard it is to say that. And it's a long season. And I'm only judging this on four games right now. There's nobody in this league playing better than Devin Booker right now. When we come back, what has been the biggest strength of the Suns so far this season? One week into the season. We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm going to play the moment again because it all kind of flipped after this. Now, now we got some whistles. 
players going back at one another here. Everybody's out on the floor right now, and the officials are having a tough time trying to keep things in, under control. And now, Clay Thompson, you're right, he should have been thrown out, and he has oh, been thrown out. Thrown. He has been thrown out. Clay Thompson has been ejected. It's a six-point game when that happened. Few minutes later, it was like a fifteen-point game, nineteen-point yeah. game, right? I yeah. mean, that was it, it was it was the it was a close game. I mean, it, you're right. The Suns blew him away after that. I mean, it was six thirty-one left in the quarter when he went out. From that point on, it was all Suns. Landale started with a great block of pool, and then the Suns were on this epic thirteen nothing run. And all of a sudden, like the game was over. They're up ninety-four to seventy-seven. Now you like to say, okay, uh, is the game really over when you're playing the Warriors because they can hit a bunch of threes and come back? But the Suns were playing great defense. Yeah, they were. You know, to your point, like they, they, their defense was really good. They weren't getting. You know, Steph didn't have a good game. Clay wasn't having a good game. But, you know, Bridges took a beautiful feed from Book under the basket and scored easily. McHale scored on a drive. Craig banked one in. I mean, everything was falling for the Suns. Cameron Payne had a scoop shot. It was 105-84. And it was, it was odd because nobody was hitting any three-pointers in the third quarter. And the Suns expanded their lead. I mean, the Warriors missed all of theirs. The Suns missed all of theirs. And the Suns just kept building a lead. Basket, they get a basket, get a stop. Get a basket. Basket, get a stop. Get a basket, get a stop. Like, that's a 13 nothing run. 13 mm-hmm. nothing. Like, you know, now it was a lot of time left in the game still, but at that point you were like, wow, the Suns just absolutely took control of that game after Clay Thompson went they out. They did, and it was quiet, you know? It wasn't like like it was a run, but normally when you go on a run like that, you kind of notice the run, right? You yeah. notice, hey, they're on a 13 nothing run. They're on a 15-2 run. They're on a whatever, 19-9 run. It was a very ninja-like run. It, it just all of a sudden you looked up at the scoreboard, you're like, Wow, it's a 19 point game. Because there weren't the threes in it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's because there weren't these dagger threes that brings everybody. It was a bang shot was by Tory like, Craig. Chip, chip, a chip, scoop chip, shot chip. by Cameron Payne. Yeah. Uh, you know, the biggest, the best play in that run was the beautiful pass from Book to McHale. You know, McHale was cut. McHale's such a great cutter under the basket, got it, put it in. And they just started to slowly pull away and pull away and pull away. And then even in the fourth quarter, like, you know, they started in the fourth quarter, they started Paul and Cam Johnson and then three of the sub guys, and they just wanted to make sure that the Golden State Warriors never got back into the game. You're not getting back into this game. And they made sure of that. And they just continued to build the lead and build the lead and build the lead. Next thing you're up, they're up by 20 and they just they cruised. Four games in and one thing's very clear so far about this version of the Phoenix Suns under Monty Williams. They still play really good, sound defense. I mean, anytime you hold you know, a team like that to 105, you know, that's saying a lot about our respect for them, um, the attention to detail. I mean, they, you know, they got to miss shots, but we just respect them. You know, we went through our session this morning to get ready for them, and it was about as focused as any session we've ever had. Guys, you know, understand that if you don't play at a certain level, you're going to get beat pretty badly. And, um, yeah, it was a good night for us defensively. Gerald Bourget of PHNX Sports pointed out uh, after giving up 66 points in the first half, the Suns held the Warriors to just 39 in the second half and the 105 total points overall. They held the Clippers to 95. They held the Mavericks to 105. It's the 53rd straight game the Suns have won when holding their opponent to under 110 it's points. It's impressive. It's, yeah, it's, it's the impressive. core of what they do. It continues to be the it core is. of what they do. And to think 
think that they're doing it without JaVel McGee and without Jay Crowder, who would do two big parts of how well they were defensively. You point out about the physicality. You know, Draymond Green got his technical because he was upset with the physicality. DA was playing with him. Yeah, yeah, he was. He got that's how he got his technical foul. I mean, he was upset with DA, and then Kerr got the technical. I always love shot clock violations. I always think that's the best sign of great defense is a shot clock violation, yeah. not a block shot or anything like that. You get a team, you give them twenty four seconds, they can't get a shot off, mm-hmm. and there was a shot clock violation like early, early in that fourth quarter, and Paul was on pool. And they couldn't get a shot off. It was like there, and that is, man, that is the best. That's the smack talk right there. You couldn't get a shot off against us because we didn't give you anything. And the Suns had a couple of them last night where they pushed them into shot clock violations. Yeah. You mentioned the physicality. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton, after the game, we were physical to the legal limit, is what he said. The defensive end, we was talking, and, you know, we, we actually, you know, set the tone of the, the legal. You know, physical limit, you know, in that game. And I want to say, like, really, like, we did to get on their nerves, but it got to them. And, you know, teams don't like that when you keep hitting, you know, hitting people over and over, especially to the legal limit. People get frustrated and they complain to us, and the game got a little junky, but we stayed here, and I was really proud of that. That shows a lot of growth because last year I think we would have kept going back and forth throughout that throughout that game right there. That was one of those games where them dudes wanted us to go back and forth with, with baskets, and they'll end up taking over the game later in the long stretch. So we definitely put them away. I'm smiling because I never thought I'd live to see the day where DeAndre Ayton was talking about getting on Draymond Green's nerves. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. he's, and he's not wrong. He's no. not wrong. No, that's he, why he, he got that's, the technical. That's exactly, and you, and you said it earlier, that's exactly what happened last night. It's just for Aiton to be the, the I, don't I don't know, know what the legal is, limit. Right, the, the mature the, one in this, right, for, for Aiton to be the, not the instigator, but kind of the one who, okay, we're going we're gonna to get on your nerves. You're going to try to get on our that nerves. That would be the instigator. We are going to get on your nerves. Why wouldn't that be the instigator? No, you're right. It's the instigator. It, it, that's the right that, word you know, for it. I'm looking at my notes from the game. Yeah, DA had hard contact on Draymond. Draymond didn't get the call. Cried like a little baby. Then Kirk came in to protect him. He got a technical. Booker hits two free throws. They're up 76-70. And then DA follows that up with a three-point play. I'm not, I'm, I'm not out of my game. I will go at it all day long, and then I'll go have a, I'll have a three point play on you. And so, I, you know, I, I thought it was um, that legal limit thing still catches me. The legal limit of how far you could go before the officials, you know, and each official would be different with how far they're going to let you go in a game. Yeah, but it was a phys- it was a physical game. The Suns' defense was outstanding. They they got under the Warriors' skin. They the Warriors made. I got one little run here. My notes, little step hits a three. Seven zero in the fourth quarter That's to cut it to twelve. Seven nothing. Yeah. It was one hundred nine ninety seven. And then Da does this spinorama, puts it back in, and it's one eleven ninety seven. Book hits a three. It's one one eighteen one hundred one. It's just from there. It was just like yeah, they that was all they had. A little seven nothing spurt to cut it to twelve, capped by a step three pointer. But outside of that, like you know. We, we talk about the Cardinals shutting down wide receivers. The Suns' ability to shut down Steph Curry in this game. Steph was, and and, and they were on the on the broadcast. Steph missed a free throw for the first time in like twenty three. He blamed it on the TNT. Crowd. Well, Kevin Harlan, right, right. Steph hasn't missed a free throw. He's got twenty three straight. And then 
You know, he looked over at the crew and they pointed to Harlan and he's laughing and he's got his mouthpiece out. And <laughs> then he missed another one. So Steph missed a couple of free throws, didn't have a good game, wasn't able to really get things going for the Golden State Warriors. Their bench players, I could always, like Poole didn't really go off. Wiggins nope. didn't really go off. Clay was terrible. I mean, it was an all around good effort for the Suns. It wasn't just stopping one guy. It was just an all around good defensive effort. And let's end this conversation with how it began talking about the Clay Thompson ejected, ejection and it kind of how that sparked things. It was pointed out by many that when Devin Booker was the primary defender on Clay Thompson, he was 0 for 4, including 0 for 3 from three-point range. And that might have bothered Clay too, right? But that's why, like I said, right now, I don't know that there's anybody playing at a higher level than Devin Booker in the NBA. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to win the MVP. or you got to sustain that. But he, you'd be hard-pressed to find, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody. I don't watch every game that's playing at a higher level than he is. No, no, through a a week into the season. You'd be hard pressed. Yeah, you would be hard pressed. I feel safe saying it because I can't imagine, you know, that somebody. I mean, I know Donovan Mitchell's got three straight thirty-point games. He doesn't play any defense, though. Donovan Mitchell's never played any defense, right? And he's playing great. There are other players that are playing great, but I think that Booker's playing at just an incredible level. Texas, your thoughts on the Suns right now? The FanDuel text line, of course, it's open throughout the Burns and Gambo show. You can text us at six twenty six twenty right now. We get a chance. We will uh, read some of the best ones on the air when we come back. We turn our attention to the Cardinals and their opponent in week eight, the Vikings, and their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He has never been as effective as he has been now. Why is that? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Well, you're going to go with should the Suns wear their sunburst jerseys every single game you for love the rest them. of the season. You love them. Oh, yeah. You love that jersey. Already. So does Kyle Kuzma, apparently. I saw, yeah. I saw Kyle Kuzma tweeting about it. Uh, but we knew the answer would be 100% yes, so we decided we needed a little more variance with our Twitter poll question today. Man, those look good. <laughs> and they brought back they the did. old Alan Parsons Project opener. Did they really? Yeah, when they when they intro the guys. Not games people play. Uh, games people, Alan Parsons Project. Well, whatever. Games people play. It's an Alan Parsons Project song. I it's know. called Serious. It's called Serious, right? Yeah, yeah that, S-I-R-I-U-S. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, Games people play is a great song. It was the theme they played forever when they would intro the wow. Suns players, and they brought it back last night, and it was it was kicking. It was really good. Uh, that's not our poll question, but those threads look sweet. Uh, Eric is here. He does have our poll question. We've got a couple of them, actually. One Suns, one Cardinals. We're going to talk about the Cardinals, so let's start with the Suns. That's right. It's the beginning of the NBA season, which means it's also overreaction season. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> so let's play into it. Have the Phoenix Suns passed the Golden State Warriors in the NBA hierarchy? You've got three options. Yes, no, and it's too soon to say either way. No. They won a regular season game in October. It's, no. The poll question was inspired by a conversation from Charles Barkley on TNT after the game, which we'll get into a little bit later. I would concur with my esteemed colleague. No, they have not passed the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, 45.9% going no. 42% saying it's too soon to say. Only 12.1% believe a regular season win vaulted Phoenix past Golden State. Now let's transition over to the Cardinals. Now we're coming up on that NFL trade deadline. You guys asked Steve Keim about it. But if Arizona were to make a trade, which out of these three positions would you like them to address the most? Edge rusher? cornerback, or offensive line. That's easy. Edge rusher. There are going to be sacks. 
Yeah. They, they had one game where they had five sacks. Outside of that, what did they have? I'll tell you the news today about Rodney Hudson, at least the quote I read on, on Twitter from Cliff. I would at least think about offensive line. I would at least think about it. Just because the Rodney Hudson situation, they hope he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Oh, boy. But it's it's edge rush. But, I mean, mean, think about it. I'm still going to say edge rush. But defensively, that has not been the problem for the Cardinals this year. They have been so good defensively. What they need to do is be better offensively. So, like, there's a little inclination to go with an offensive player because that's where they kind of need to be better this year, but I still think it's an edge rusher. That's right. It's a close one between these two compared to cornerback, but ed- edge rusher is running away 59.1%, going with edge 33.1%. Want to shore up that O-line and 7.9% are going with corner. Alright, thanks, Eric. We appreciate that. Uh, Eric Ruby, Mitch Vereldis, our producers here on the Burns and Gambo Show, putting together those Twitter poll questions. Do them a favor. Go to at Burns and Gambo on Twitter and vote on the poll question. Give us a follow while you're there. It's a great way as always, to play along with the show while you're listening to it. Cliff Kingsbury today meeting with the media as he does every Wednesday. The opponent is the Vikings. The quarterback is Kirk Cousins. He's played at a really high level for a long time. Um, you know, whether it's Washington or Minnesota, he seems to always has his have his team in the, the chase, and that's all you can ask. Um, when I watch him, great decision maker, very accurate thrower, has played in a bunch of schemes and been successful in every one of them. So I think he's a really, really good player, and for the reason, you know, people want to give him a bad rap, but he's uh, played at a high level for his entire career, really. It is a new scheme, and they're asking him to throw the ball downfield a lot more. He's already got... Um, 1,500 yards passing, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, they are taking him, having him take some chances. Now, last year, by this time, he had thrown 13 touchdowns, only two interceptions. So the interceptions are up a little bit. Um, but they are asking him to take some more chances down the field with the new offensive scheme that they have. Uh, but he is off to a good start. This is the best start he's had since he's been with this team, that 5-1 and one start. Yeah, it's it's 5-1. and one and, and Cliff said it there a second ago. The reason why people want to ding Kirk Cousins a little bit. I mean, it's it's twofold. Number one, he's he's in the business hall of fame for how much money he's made. I mean, he's he has played his situation to perfection in terms of how to get paid, how to maximize your value, when to get paid. I, I don't know if anybody has played it better as a quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Right. Relative relative to the lack of success that he's had. I mean, he's he's been all right. His teams are already are always in games, but the, I can't. There's never been a great Kirk Cousins team, right? I mean, there've been some good Kirk Cousins teams. Good teams in Washington. Good teams in Minnesota. No great teams. No great teams. Now you know I've got his best record at ten and five in Minnesota in 2019. As a quarter, that's I okay. Mean, but didn't he have some records where he, he in Washington where he won? Didn't he win nine in Washington one year? Or yeah, ten in Washington. I, uh, no, no. I'm looking at his quarterback record. The team might have, but him. Oh, him. His okay. best season in Washington was nine and seven nine in 2015. Seven. I, I mean, and that's that's been the, the the knock on him, right? Is he? He's good. He's, he's good, of, not great. He's one of those guys. Philip Rivers. Yep. 
Yep. Jay Cutler. Matthew Stafford before he went to the Rams, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. And, and yet he's parlayed that into a career where he's made like $400 million or no, something. No, they dissected him every which way, you know, in Minnesota. Is Kirk Cousins being used in the shotgun too much? And they're going back, you know, all the years, you know, when, when he's in the shotgun, 18, 19, 20, 21, how many times he's dropped back and everything like this. And he's on pace for second most dropbacks in his entire career. And, so they're kind of breaking that down a little bit, how much he's in the shotgun, how much he's under center, projected up because he's in a new scheme. You know, the use of, of motion, that's decreased quite a bit. They don't use the motion as much in this scheme as they did. But the average depth of target, that's even down a couple of yards, right? So now it's, you know, they'll take some shots down the field and no risk it, no biscuit, but the but bread and butter is the shorter passes. The average depth of target was 8.5 yards. Now it's only 6.5. So the rushing is about the same. They're averaging 4.3 yards per carry last year, 4.3 yards per carry this year. But a lot of these offenses have gone to that, right? The the, the safer play where you... Sure. But, but they've kind of mixed it up. It's interesting because you know his interceptions are up a little bit because they say he's taken some more shots down the field than he usually does. But when you look at the average pass, it's a, it's two yards less. So they are going with a lot of, a lot of safe plays. Out of that. Well, I mean, remember it's it's a it's a it's a Rams offense that they're kind of running because it's a Rams former coach yeah. who's running it right, and, and so it's got some kind of Rams look to it in that it's you know shorter passes so that that basically becomes your kind of de facto running game to a certain extent, even though they've got one of the best in Dalvin Cook. But I can see when you've got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, I mean, you're, you're talking about one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and certainly one of the best wide receiver duos in terms of production in the NFL. If you're Kirk Cousins, you, you want to you want to play with that toy a little bit, right? You want to you want to test that out and see the shotgun thing is fascinating because I mean it, this is something I never would have thought of in a million years. But he's historically, you look at his numbers, and I, we don't need to get into them too deep because they're 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 really it's a lot of minutia there. But you look at his career, and he's never really done all that well in the shotgun at all. It just doesn't seem to suit him or what he's about or anything that he's comfortable with, and yet he's on pace to have a whole bunch of snaps out of the shotgun this year because, again, that's kind of a Rams thing. And and there's been some speculation in Minnesota. Will they use this bye week to sort of re-identify what they want to do offensively, right? To maybe go away from some of the things they were trying. Okay, yeah, we were doing a lot of shotgun. Eh, maybe that's not our thing. We should probably try something else because that's not Kirk Cousins' thing because he's he's on pace. To, if he keeps throwing out of the shotgun, yeah. some of the numbers do not paint a pretty picture. No, and he's they you know he's usually at his best when it's when they go and play action and boot action and stuff. But when you're in the shotgun, that doesn't happen. But you know you've got a new a new coach and a new scheme with O'Connell, and you know they're trying to work on that but you're right I mean it's it's it, the numbers show like he's okay in the shotgun but he's going to be in the shotgun a whole lot based on where they are right now so that's something that you just they you know they they look at listen it's going to take him time to get adjusted to it. So in Minnesota, they're questioning, is he in the shotgun too much? But maybe this offense is just designed for him to be in that. That's the way, that's how they feel like he could be best utilized. Cliff today spoke about the importance of containing Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. You have to. There's no doubt. If they both get going, you're, you're in trouble. Um, but Dalvin's one of those guys, you can bottle him up for, you know, 
the entire game. And then the last one, he goes for 70 yards and outruns everybody. So he's uh, been a really good back in this league a long time. And, and with the weapons they have, I think Kevin's done a great job of, of maximizing each guy in the system. And Kirk's playing at really high levels, getting the ball out quick and going to the right place. With he it. even compared guarding Justin Jefferson to guarding D-Hop. It is, yeah. I mean, they move him around. He, he can do kind of like Hop. He can be on the outside and beat you with a go route or um, – put him inside, beat you on an option route. I mean, I think that's the versatility of both those guys is unique. Um, great route runners, great hands, very competitive. There, there's some similarities there for sure. Now, look, at the end of the day, say whatever you want about Kirk Cousins. They're 5-1. and one. They're 5-1, and one, and, you know, there was a, a story today I was reading in the Minnesota paper about how, you know, are the Vikings real? And it's like, hey, is it any more real than uh, the Phil- yeah. Philadelphia Eagles? Is it any more real than Tom Brady? Is it any more real than the, the Giants, New York Giants? The Jets. Right. I mean, is it what's real in today's NFL? Real is only what's presented in front of you. Yeah. And what you have in front of you is a team that's five and one. I mean, that's as real as it gets. It's in the same thing NFL. we said about the Cardinals, like like last year. Like the, the record is what it is. What they start of seven and zero or something. Seven and zero. Yeah. Ten and ten and one. Like that. That you got to judge them based on what they are. Yeah. Cook and Jefferson are going to be a, a, a tough battle. Jefferson. You know, has been really, really good. He is as, he's as good a receiver as they'll see all year. No doubt about it. When we come back, more on the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury meeting with the media today, and we finally got a little bit more clarity on DeAndre Hopkins, where he lines up, how they use him. You're going to hear what the coach of the Cardinals had to say about that next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals have 13 guys on their initial injury report. The Vikings have one. They've missed one game for a starter all year. 13 all year. One. I mean, six games in, they've had one starter miss a start. Like, come on. It won't last. It won't come last. On. It won't last. I'm not even anti-Vikings. I'm just, that's not going to last. It's the NFL. They've been extremely fortunate yeah. in that regard. Your DNPs today for the Cardinals, Max Garcia, Dennis Gardeck, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Christian Matthew, Jalen Thompson, all did not practice today. None of them were listed for rest as the reason why. Bunch of guys were limited. Kelvin Beecham, James Conner, Zach Ertz, Cody Ford, Matt Prater, J.J. Watt, Daryl Williams. Now, three of those guys were out due to rest. Beecham, Ertz, and J.J. Watt. So, and then the one guy who was on the Vikings list, he practiced in full today, so I don't even know why the hell he's on the list. Jalen Naylor, their wide receiver, hamstring, practiced in full today. I don't think you need to put him on the list for that reason, but hey, whatever. Your list, not mine. Um, yeah, 13 to 1. Now, uh, before we get into what Cliff Kingsbury had to say about D-Hop, um, let's update everybody on the injury situation. He hopes... Rodney Hudson is back in the next couple of weeks. I hope so. Um, some maintenance stuff that we're working through, but I'm hoping the next couple of weeks we can have him back, which would be huge. I mean, he's, he's another guy that when he's played for us in this offense, he's, uh, he's played at a high level. Did they say what's wrong with him? It's, he's listed on the injury report as his knee. Yeah. Which I think is what's what bothering was. him yeah. all offseason, too, right? Yeah. 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 So still the still the knee. Yeah. Um hoping he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. Now I mean look, they they've they've done Billy Price did okay. I'm surprised by the Hudson thing. I know you're not either. No. You know, he, he was kinda like iffy on whether he's gonna play this year. Yeah. 
He was kind of iffy on it. Then you kind of come back. I'm not saying he's half-assed in it. I'm not saying that. But I'm not surprised that you know, he's missing some games. Like, you're not, you know, he probably wasn't fully invested in the offseason because he was contemplating not playing, right? And he wanted to try to be 100%. He wasn't, he wasn't 100% healthy when he got done last year. So, you know, that's why they went out there and he got Billy Price. Look, even with the makeshift line, without Hudson, without Pew, they did a good job. They sure did. Last week, like they did a good job. That offensive line did a nice job run blocking. You know, they, they, they did a good job protecting Kyler. Kyler's not getting sacked a whole lot. He's not throwing a bunch of interceptions. So they've managed to get by with the, even with an offensive line shuffle, which is hard to do. Yeah, it is. And they have been, they have managed to get by with that one. Matt Prater, day to day, says Cliff Kingsbury. He's day to day. It may be a deal where he doesn't, um, take the kickoffs. If if he can just kick field goals, we're not sure yet. We gotta get through the week and see where it goes. But we want to be uh, really cautious with it at this point. So interesting. Blankenship would presumably handle the kickoffs. Matt Prater would just be there for field so goals. Two guys. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they today they, there was a roster move today by the Cardinals yeah, Lawrence in which they put Rashard Lawrence on the injured reserve and they promoted Rodrigo Blankenship to the active roster. Cliff was even asked today about Lawrence and whether he has to have surgery or not. There is, there is. I think no, it'll be a month into it. Uh, let it try and heal somewhat on its own. I think at some point he'll have to have surgery, but he may be able to rehab and play through it. All right, so that's going to be a real iffy situation too. So that's that's where things stand. Uh, by the way. James Conner and um, Darrell Williams are day to day, and it's looking like at this point we'll be kind of a you know just see how the week goes and whether they're going to be available with the hope that maybe they're going to be able to play at some point. All right, now on to the stuff that Cliff had to say today about DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, they are using D Hop in the slot more. This offseason, we talked about um, just trying to maximize him, looking at some of the other pieces where he would fit best, and. Um, We've made a conscious effort to, to really try and move him around and do a better job with that. Uh, I think he, he has a better understanding of our offense now and, and um, the complete scheme, not just what he does. And I think that's helped all of us. I'm excited to see what he can do with a full week of practice. You know, I think it was pretty remarkable him getting in there last week and having the production he did. So hopefully this week he can even take a, another step. The thing about great players is what makes them great is consistency. Devin Booker is not going to have many off games. He's going to be good almost every night. Great, you know, the majority of those nights. DeAndre Hopkins the same way. Like maybe you could, you could try to shut him down all you want. He's still going to make plays. He'll be the occasional game where he gets, you know, shut down. Every great receiver does. But for the most part, you kind of go in expecting that he's going to have an impact on that game because he's such a dynamic player. It was interesting that it was. Hopkins needed to like get a better understanding okay. of offense. I'm, not I'm glad Tyler. You, I'm glad you picked up on that too because I, I I was under the not that not that I was under the impression. My best guess would have been that the reason they were limiting DeAndre Hopkins to one side of the field was for Kyler's benefit, not for DeHop's benefit. Right? It like was. let's keep this as simple as we can right. for Kyler. Let's keep him over on this side yeah. mostly. I mean, not all the time, but mostly let's keep him over here. I I I don't know if I buy that it was done no. for DeHop's benefit, no. not for Kyler's benefit. I'm not really sure I'm buying it. DeAndre, would it be okay if we asked you to go in motion? I don't know. What is that? I've never done that before in my entire career. Never once. <laughs> You're only the would best wide receiver to... in the NFL. You think maybe you, would you be able to line up on the right? Do you think if you could line up? Do you think you could catch a ball if it's thrown to you if you lined up on the right? That like that. Come on, we know it's Kyler. Like we know, like we know it's you know Kyler's com- comfortable. 
he was comfortable with the hop on the one side of the field. It made for a very easy throw. You didn't have to read a whole lot of defense to do it. But now they probably feel like we could open this up a lot more because of Kyler. I don't think it's because of DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. Because Kyler is seeing it a little better. Kyler can can process it a little better. Therefore, we can start to move him around a little bit. Cliff was also asked today about Kyler's season so far. Beginning um, of the season, getting rhythm back after not doing a ton in training camp um, for a number of reasons, but uh, he's battled. I think he's he's fought and had us in every game except the first one, which is, is all you can ask as a quarterback, but I think as we get um, going with Hop and, and get Robbie adjusted and get some of these other pieces back that we have a chance to, to hit our stride and uh, excited to see how it, it plays out. Not for nothing, as you would say. Not for nothing. They're going to redo that whole preseason thing. I'm just telling you right now. I don't have. I, I'm. No one's told me that. I'm just guessing that next year, when August rolls around, you're going to see a very different approach to the preseason by the Arizona Cardinals in terms of guys playing, guys practicing more, guys playing in the preseason more, guys using it as a little bit more of an opportunity to get ready for the season. Just do because, what the Vikings did. Whatever they did, just do that. <laughs> I don't know. Vikings. I, mean, I can't believe six games in they've had one guy lose a one starter missed a game, one yeah. game because of a concussion. That's it. Like, that's crazy to think. That doesn't happen. No. No. But, um, I mean, Cliff, you know, kind of talking about the slow start for the offense. And, and he even was asked about Kyler's completion percentage dipping a little bit this year so far. Like I've said it along. If you have a true number one wideout and he goes away, numbers are going to be affected. I don't care who you are in this league. And you can look across the board. Um, when that happens, that scenario, it's it's going to be different. It's going to look different. And I think a lot of that has to do with that. And we'll see if, if I'm right. It's his low. Lowest completion percentage since rookie year for Kyler Murray, 65.5%. He was at 69% last year. I'm sure a lot of it. But he also didn't have D-Hop last year at the end of the season. Right. For five games, six games, whatever it ended right. up being. So, yeah. you know, it didn't, and the playoff game wasn't there for the playoff and, game. And he wasn't there for the playoff game either. Kyler's season has been... <sighs> we're still waiting for that great, oh, hey, look, Kyler, look. 300, mm, 350 okay. yards, three touchdowns, yeah. bang, there he is, right? We, Look, I, I'm going to put it a different way. There's a chance that he could be in the category of Kirk Cousins, Shea Cutler, and Phillip Rivers. Yeah. And not in the category of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. That He, he could go into that other category. We don't know which categories he's going to be in. He's got to elevate his game to another level to be on the same level as Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, like the the main guys. If not, you know, you might be more like a Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be that type of guy. You might be more in the line of what Philip Rivers sure. was. And those or guys still get paid. Those Jay guys Cutler are still was. franchise quarterbacks. But yes, are they? But they're not winning Super Bowls. Nope. Not winning Super Bowls. Nope. They're not taking teams deep into the playoffs. They give you a chance to win every year because they're just good enough to do that. But they don't make you special. They don't make you great. No. And last year, they were special to start the season. But looking more and more on that, that feels like more of a D-Hop thing than it does a Kyler thing. Because Kyler without D-Hop just wasn't that special. We'll see how getting D-Hop back does that bring out the special version of Kyler that we saw for the first, what, six weeks of last year? I wouldn't bet against Seven it. weeks of last year? I don't know if I would either, to be honest with you. D-Hop's that important, that special of a player. When we come back, was last night the back-on-track game for Chris Paul? Sure felt like it at the beginning. We'll talk a little Suns basketball next on Burns and Gambo.